0: English media this is episode number eight i'm your host philip dutra i'm really glad to be back in the studio i was out for about a month uh, in california took the family back out to california did a bunch of fishing with friends and family uh, on the cow delta it was absolutely phenomenal phenomenal the uh, striper fishing was epic the largemouth fishing was epic it was a lot of fun got to go back to the Cal delta and do what i love to do the most which was uh, pull out the uh, punch rods and the frogs. Um, And that's all I did. I uh, went out quite a few trips. For you guys out there on the west coast, listening the Cal Delta was healthy. It looked good. Um, We, every single day we had 17 to 27 pounds with the exception of one day uh, that we lost some big ones and had like 12 and a half pounds. So Delta was fishing great. Um, I'm gonna start off with actually how I caught him there and that would be the bait of the week. Uh, it was, I used three baits while I was there. I used a Bobby's perfect frog. And then I caught 90% of my fish on between a Domeki knockout and a Domeki air craw. If you follow any of my Instagram or Facebook, you probably saw that I was doing quite a bit of posting, but the bait of the week is the Domeki, uh, four inch air craw. Um, you guys have heard me talk about the knockout. I absolutely love that bait. That was a bait that I used there, caught quite a few fish on and big ones. The, the bait that I complement the knockout with, is the Damiki Air Aircraw. It's a more finessier punch bait, uh, flip bait. It's phenomenal uh, for actually a lot of uh, applications. You can put it on the back of a jig. You can Texas rig it. You can do a lot of things. It has, uh, the, in the two claws, it has a little air pocket, so it stands up. That really doesn't apply much to the punching, but if you're using it on a shaky head or the back of a jig, it stands up real nice. Finesse, compact, It doesn't have all the appendages that move and flap. It does have appendages, but they don't move and flap. So uh, it's a thinner profile. I use the four inch when I flip and uh, it's a one, two, literally, it's a one, two punch for me with the Domeki knockout and the air craw. Uh, But the air craw caught so many fish while I was there up to eight pounds. Um, Check it out. Four inch Domeki air craw. They make it in a, a good, good amount of different colors. And you can use it for a lot of different applications i didn't stumble across that bait until this year and i have caught so many fish all throughout the year uh, it actually helped me win the bfl right before uh, i came to california i fished a bfl on gunnersville and ended up winning that it was pretty cool 160 boats and uh, was able to win that and uh, i weighed multiple fish on the air cross so from coast to coast check out the damiki four inch aircraft they also make it in a three inch obviously That would be a little more finesse, um, and you can use that for different applications. But Domeki 4-inch Aircrawler Bait of the Week. Uh, This week, uh, I did a joint podcast uh, with my buddy uh, Brian over at BassCast. So we are going to jump right into that here in a minute. Uh, We are going to talk about some forward-facing sonar and just the industry as a whole. Um, And then if you're pursuing tournament bass fishing and you're up and coming and just looking into... Uh, the future of tournament bass fishing and how to be successful there. So that's what this episode is going to be about. I do want to start and give you guys a quick Bible verse, uh, just going to be one verse this week. It's actually my favorite verse in the Bible. It's Psalms 86, 11, and it says, teach me thy way, O Lord, I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. That is my favorite verse in the whole Bible. Uh, it's on my jersey for those of you guys who follow me at all and have seen that. Uh, and to me, it's real personal. I think it ta- it teaches us. And if we really uh, realize what Christianity and what our faith is, it- it's a lot more than just believing in God. It's walking with Him. It's asking him to teach us his way. How do we live our life according to him? And which is the first part of the verse says, teach me thy way, O Lord. And then it says, I will walk in thy truth. So that's, that's my commitment to him is I'm going to walk in your truth the best that I can. And then the third part of that verse is unite my heart to fear thy name. And I don't think there's anything better than uniting our heart with God's heart, because uh, with God's heart comes love, comes peace, comes joy, comes uh, uh, just vision and direction um, and especially in this time of chaos that we're living in, uh, it is a, it, it's a very powerful verse. I think if you meditate on that, check it out for yourself, open up your Bibles to Psalms 86:11 and really meditate on that verse and let it change you. Like it has changed me. Um, so that's your, that's kind of a, just a, a Bible verse for this week. This podcast, as you guys all know, it's about, uh, I love to deep dive in bass fishing, but most importantly, I want to give hope. I want to give hope to people out there, Um, whether you're a Christian or not. I want to share what has changed my life and given me hope and given me love and passion and a future and direction in life and security in my salvation, knowing uh, what I believe and where I'm going. So I want to share that. Hopefully that impacts you guys. Hopefully that helps. Again, we're jumping right in right now. So I'm going to uh, switch over and we're going to be on a joint deal here with my buddy Brian. I hope you enjoy the recording
1: in this episode, and look back to getting in the studio in a couple more weeks. Philip, man, what has been going on with you, brother? How are how is, how is things going? You um, before we dive into this talk today, you just moved like recently. How's the transition been, man?
0: Yeah, you know it's funny you ask that. Uh, I was I was uh, talking to my wife, and it's actually been two years, but when every time we talk about it, it feels like it's been like three months. Um, but uh, it, it's great. We're loving. 11 living in alabama we moved from california to alabama california delta to lake gunnersville uh so two amazing fisheries completely different states uh we love the south um we were very blessed that uh my wife's parents and friend moved out here with us so we weren't completely uh you know alone and didn't right. know anybody. yeah so it's been great we uh we we love lake gunnersville area we love the south we love uh, the cost of living out here and all the the benefits of raising a family out here compared to where I was in the Bay Area so it's it's been great I do miss the Delta tremendously uh, I was just back for a month because uh, I missed it so much we went back and saw some family and did a bunch of fishing on the Cal Delta but outside of the Delta uh, the transition has been smooth fun exciting uh, We we just we love it here
1: yeah you know I kind of brought up because you know that for a lot of people that's a big transition I mean from California to here I mean Let's put together. I mean, you didn't just move around the corner, guys. I mean, he moved states, lots of states away from the, uh, some people call it the left coast. Yes. But, uh, yes, yeah, so you moved lots of states away. So, um, before we talk any more about that, you know, BAM, Bass Angler Magazine has done something, you know, come out. the. They took over the old Wild Wild West tournament series. I had the tournament director on for BAM, you know, on one of our shows or on BassCast Radio show. And uh, you know things are coming along pretty daggone good for uh, the West Coast, and hopefully, you know, bring West Coast fishing back to its glory days.
0: Yeah, uh, Mark Lassane, who's the owner of BAM, is a yeah. good friend, very good friend of mine. Fished against him for years, and uh, I really hope it succeeds. I wish him all the best. I want to see the West Coast succeed. Uh, obviously, anybody that's been following the last couple of years, there's been some really, you know, some highs with the with what Wild West was doing and the Apex and trying to, you know break into a new era but then obviously there were some uh there were some big uh problems that happened and, and they kind of fell apart so that was unfortunate i hate to see that happen so yeah what uh what uh what the west is doing now with with mark taking over and trying to recreate something um and, and just really try to like you said bring the west back because it's i'm only 36 but you know 20 something years ago the west had big tournaments uh oh yeah big fields Um, And then, you know, in the last 20 years, it's really done nothing but decline. And then, you know, Wild West came along and things started to get better. They were drawing 150 boats and pro-amps. They had team circuits. I think they even went into the kayak deal and then they they started. Yeah. So I was excited about that part of the inaugural year on the Apex. And and that was a huge um, growth uh, year for me. And then, you know, unfortunately, some stuff happened, and uh, that's that's unfortunate. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Mark's going to do with it, and uh, I fully support him. Obviously, I'm out here, but I fully support him, and uh, I hope it goes well out there.
1: Yeah, you know, Mark, you know, the magazine, having the magazine, the magazine being around for about a decade now, I mean, over a decade, and, you know, be, being able to mirror the two together, just like here at TheBassCast.com, mirroring the tournament trail together with the website – and, you know, he'll be able to do the same thing with that and bring a lot of a notoriety to a lot of the anglers out there that don't get the notoriety that they deserve. And, you know, it's going to help tremendously. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here we guys. Here we are, guys. You know, um has got a podcast, you know, Christian Angler podcast and you know bass cast radio here and so we we thought we'd come on and talk about each one of our podcasts a little bit maybe dive into a little bit of what's happening in the world of bass fishing here at the end before we wrap it up but uh philip what made you you know during covid a lot of people sitting around the house everybody started a podcast i mean the podcasts were like water i mean people you never heard of people tv i mean because they had nothing to do but you started a podcast, Christian-based podcast, on top of that, bringing a little faith into bass fishing. Yeah. Let's talk about it, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um,
0: yeah, so th- th- this actually started uh, really only a couple months ago. The idea came to me about a year ago, uh, just actually just praying one day, and it came on my heart. It was really strong. And, and really, the the concept of it and why it happened and how it developed was over, I don't know, I've been tournament fishing for probably 20 years now. One thing that I've noticed, whether it was post-COVID, pre-COVID, was I, I'm a talker and uh, I love to talk to people. And when I get people on my boat, I, I would say eight or nine out of ten times, I love to get to know people and I love to talk to people. And one thing that I've noticed is that people are going through some stuff. And uh, it's oh, yeah. it, it does matter if you're a fisherman or not. Um, the world is in crazy times, as we know. But more than that, just it's always blown my mind away when you actually open up and get to know somebody in a boat for eight or nine hours or whatnot. And you really get to talk to them. And it's blown my mind away that the, the things that people are going through and I mean bad, horrible, depressing things. And so um, I've got to know a lot of people. And, you know, my faith is number one. Anybody that knows me knows my faith is number one. Um, and I just want to share hope with people. I want to give people hope and, and and then also encourage already believers uh, to really strengthen their faith, especially in the times when. So the podcast. We, I love to deep dive in some really cool fishing topics and there's a lot of podcasts like you said out there one thing that I want to do to try to differentiate myself is I don't have a lot of people on just interviewing like how you won your last tournament for me it's mostly yes uh, I did just have Randy Howell on um, yeah I saw that yeah and it and we instead of talking about necessarily his career or any specific tournament we took a topic like cranking and we just went all in on cranking and it, it was a conversation back and forth between him and I um and so each episode uh not only do I relay faith into it and a really important strong message that I believe you know is on my heart each and every other week I, I release the episode every two weeks but also I take a, a topic and I really like to deep dive in it I try to want to give somebody something to to just deep dive into a subject it could be anything it could be the colors of baits it could be you know a, a technique it could be whatever but uh, so that's kind of the focus of it. Uh, that we've uh, had a lot of phenomenal feedback. I love what I'm doing. Um, I'm doing it because I felt like I was called to do it. And uh, the responses and the the messages back have blown me away in, in the first seven episodes. And so I'm glad to hopefully make an impact and help people and share hope, share the hope that I have that changed my life um, in Christ. So, so that's, that's the premise of the, the, uh, the podcast.
1: You know, we talk about, you, you just brought that up right there, you know, being something different is the key now for podcasts. I mean, you know, there's like I just said earlier. I mean, I brought up the whole topic. There's so many different podcasts out there. Philip, I mean, covering so many different topics, and we all go through transitions. And you know, Basscast Radio went through a transition as well. You know, a lot of podcasts talk about. You know, it's we were that. I mean, I go a lot. We were a tournament podcast show when I first started, and after listening to other podcast shows, I was like. We got to do something different or we're going to lose a lot of people. We, and you know, we probably lost a few people changing, but at the same time, you know, we, we got to do something different. There's, like I said, there's the podcast network grew so freaking fast over the last year. It just got crazy, man. So it's yeah. glad to hear something different out there.
0: Yeah. Now, and, and, and Brian, uh, just for my listeners as well, can you tell me, um, I met you a couple of years ago, I was on your podcast and uh, I followed you ever since. Uh, I did not realize until recently, though, that you have uh, not only that, you have a tournament circuit, you have a website. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit and just let us know what your vision and goal is? Yeah,
1: um, about good gosh, it was crazy during a, during a divorce, guys. I actually, you know, I was on a, another podcast a couple weeks ago is during a divorce. And I've always been behind a computer, love computers, love photography. And uh, I mirrored the two together. I've had newsletters in the past with different people. I was editor of my yearbook when I was in high school. And that's what I am now, really, is just an editor. I've tried to write a little bit, bring content to the website. But, you know, I saw a need to highlight local anglers competing at local tournament trail events. And I didn't, you know, I actually just taken a job, brand new job. And the guy that trained me tournament fished. And I was like, this is so freaking cool. I was like, then, you know, he's like, let's start a website. And I was like, all right, let's do it. I mean, you know, I had just come out of a, like I said, a bad divorce. And I had just come out of um, a newsletter that I had started that failed. Lady ran off with all our money. Interesting as always. And so um, I said, let's start a website. So I went to um, my first tournament. And at the time, I mean, this was Bass Nation of Virginia. We're looking at like 200 boats, and I was like, "Holy cow!" I didn't know as you know, as it was as big as what it is. I mean, you know, the we you know, a decade later, over a decade later, you know, the community, you know, being a part of it is huge. And to watch the steps go from Bass Nation of Virginia, English Choice Marine here. Uh, North Carolina, Virginia, all their different locations and their tournament series that they have. And now the evolution of the Cat Carolina Anglers T tournament trail and so many other little small events sprinkled in. This thing's huge, Philip. I mean, you know, there was there was like this window of like I can't cover them all, but I you know, you could be you could be gone every weekend covering a tournament right here within a hour and a half, because that's about where I am. I'm an hour and a half away from smith bugs lake gaston lake anna
0: and so you're in, really,
1: yeah virginia. in virginia yep. yep so we so it was called uh central virginia basscast a lot of you guys probably know that when it first started and you know it kept getting bigger it kept getting bigger and we said okay we got to change the name so we just dropped central virginia put the basscast.com up there and, you know, it grew to where I met a writer, Bruce Callis, and uh, Bruce started writing for us. So he was my first writer ever. And then I met Alicia Matherly like two years ago, three years ago now, and she helps cover events. So the pieces started coming together, and it was something I never was really into a big hurry to build. But now, guys, holy cow, it's, it's, Philip, it's huge. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's, it's What's big. Name?
0: Uh, just so my listeners can
1: know. TheBassCast.com. basscast.com Basscast. That's it. yeah Very but yeah cool. it, it it grew into something that you know it just it got really huge and i'm you know talking about the podcast show as well you know the podcast show i tried in the past and i worked crazy schedules so never really worked out but like i said i took a different job a couple of years ago and uh the podcast has been taken off and you know we changed we changed that as well like i said you know every you all come out with a different goal and a different mindset for everything that you're going to do. And then as the pieces start to come into play and as they get bigger and bigger, you make many different changes. And, um, that was the thing we changed up this year on the podcast. We we really not really interviewing anyone regarding the win. We want to talk about the mindset of a bass angler and the mindset of how you got that win and how, what kept you together, you know, when things got bad like that. You know when things got rough, when the water got rough, when you you know you practiced all week and your fish were sitting on a rock, and next thing you know they're sitting on a tree. Yeah. You know what it? You know how did you change up? What made you decide? You know, because as an angler we get stuck in that. You know, and in life we get stuck in that. We get stuck in that rut and we're doing the same thing over and over again. And you know, let's change it up and let's move on. And that's that's what we do at Bass Kiss Radio and. Hopefully that will help you all out there. Absolutely. When you're having a when you're having a bad day out on the water, and you're and you know we all know how to fish. Hopefully, you know, hopefully by now, at a professional level, you know what to throw. I mean, you know, you know what to throw in the spring, you know, what to throw in the fall, you know, what to throw in the winter. You kind of have an idea what the fish are doing. Yep. But sometimes we just get uh, spun a loop. Yeah, the mindset is
0: is I think by far the biggest. Once you've got past the hurdle, like you just mentioned in bass fishing, once you kind of understand, you know the the basics, and you and you've had some success, then the difference between, you know, the, the guys at the very top and then thousands and tens of thousands of others is, is really the mental side of it. It's the mental game, the decision making, emotion. Yeah. Um, it it really is. The more and more I look at my, you know, I look at myself or my friends or anybody, you can see that uh, the mental game is a massive part of it.
1: So moving forward, to the BassCast, you know, I've actually had this conversation the last last few months with a lot of different people. Um, there's so much out there, Philip. You know that. I mean, it's yeah. it. Um, and it, I wrote a story about that. I mean, you know, is is bass fishing about the collapse? I mean, it's it's, you know, I on that last podcast I was on it. You know, I was a big baseball card collector back in the day. I love baseball. And, you know, when it first came out, there's about four different brands. Then all of a sudden in the 90s, we saw it explode. Yep. We, we saw lure companies everywhere. Everybody made a jig. We saw tournament trails everywhere. I mean, baseball cards did, did the same thing. There was 12 different brands, and every one of them was making four different series and all this other crazy crap. We're at that point with bass fishing right now. And, you know, we've seen a lot of the we've – we've heard the chatter a lot, haven't we, Philip? over the last couple of weeks going on here and bass fishing and it's, you kind of see the pieces in the wheel starting to come off a little bit. And the industry really needed that. I hate to say it. I'm, you know, as a business as a whole, the industry really needed that because it's going to tell you who's good, who's bad, who's strong, who's got a great product. Who's putting out crap. Yep. And it's going to be the stronger are going to survive. The ones who are putting out a good product are still gonna be here. And the ones who aren't just, you know, putting out crap are just gonna go away. And it's gonna t- you know t- it's gonna take the level into the playing field. And that's you know, I-, I foresee that happening in 2024. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I I agree. It's uh it it it's a it's like you're saying, it's unique of what's happening in the space of bass fishing. Uh first time in my life I've seen it where there's so much uh I don't know if there was turmoil or just yeah a lot a lot going on a lot of moving pieces a lot of friction a lot of frustrated anglers people moving around um, you know and, the, and then you throw all that in the middle of a bad economy and inflation and like you're saying the strong will survive and you know the weak are gonna gonna fade away and I agree with you I'm very interested to see what happens in the next few years and where this goes and 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 I'll take it a step further not only getting through this economic not you know this not great economic time but also you know and i've heard a lot of podcasts recently and you hear guys talking about the struggle making it as a professional angler and you know you have to have the sponsorship side but then at the same time sponsors don't just go to the tournament anglers now because of social media right and 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 people that are not even tournament guys have quarter million followers and so you have all these moving pieces and bass fishing that i've never seen before if you think back you know even 10 years ago uh, and, and before that, if you were a phenomenal tournament angler, you basically got big sponsors because that was the way sponsors used to oh, yeah. push, right? Is hey, yeah. you you turn on bass when you were a kid, and who's ever the, the guy, the 80, 90, 100 guys in there, those are the guys that you're watching every day. Well, now that media has changed, and you have social media, and you have YouTube, and Instagram, and Facebook, and all these different forms of media, um, now somebody can build a, a big following who's not a tournament guy at all, and so. Um, I don't want to say it's taking money away from the tournament guy. In essence, it is. But it's not that they don't deserve it because if you're if you're a company, uh, you want to push product. And so it doesn't really you don't have to go to that tournament angle now. So it's making it very tricky. I do think at the same time uh, with everything comes also opportunity. So we're in a time where, right. So some people um, I'm 36, so I'm not definitely not old. I'm definitely not one of the youngest guys in the sport. But, you know, you see this. The, these conversations right now going where a lot of the older generation is frustrated, is mad that they're not, it's not the same. Um, and then the younger generation is embracing the social media. And in in reality is just like Ford facing sonar and social media and all this stuff, you, the, the world is moving forward and you're going to either move with it or you're going to be left behind. And I hate to say that um, it, it, you know, some people, the older people don't want to hear that, but in reality, that that's, that's what's happening. And so you have to embrace Um, if you're gonna make it in tournament fishing, one, like you just mentioned, we're gonna have to see what happens in the next couple of years with the MLF and the NPFL and Bass and Economic Times and Anglers moving around. Uh, the, you know, just a lot going on there. And then also, how do you make a career even if you make it? I listened to a podcast, um, I forgot who it was with, but it was one of the guys on the elites, and he was talking about the other day how he thought when he got on the elites, um, you know, the money would just be pouring in, and that's not the case. And so I think there's these there's uh, multiple things going on here where if you want to be a professional tournament angler, um, it is still possible. I don't want to have anybody think the dream is gone. It's just it's it's a different it's it's it looks a lot different than what it did 10, 20 years ago. And that's not bad. You can actually I think you have more opportunity to make more money uh, if you embrace being a good fisherman and promoting yourself well on social media and growing that. So lots changing in the sport. I'm with this has you. Changed
1: it all right here. This, this little this little device right here can make you or break you in 2024, 2025. four twenty twenty five.
0: You're exactly and beyond. And, and and I you know I have some buddies out west that are uh, hopping on the bass opens and doing some things and some of the best fishermen I know. Uh, one of my buddies and I and he's the younger guy, phenomenal fisherman, and he's gonna uh, you know attempt it and I, he has all the skill set out there. And I I just keep telling him, listen, you have the skill set, but I can promise you with one hundred percent certainty. You will not make it on your skill set alone. If you don't promote yourself and build your social media, it won't work. The numbers don't work. You know, and I and I'm not um this isn't to, to bash on bass fishing because it's a sport I love, but you know, the payouts are roughly about the same of what they were 20 years ago, right? But right. the cost of a boat is double, the cost of a vehicle is double, inflation, gas, all that stuff is so much more. So you cannot make it on tournament winnings. I mean, even Jacob Wheeler, the most, you know, the most dominant angler of our time, I heard him on a podcast say that recently. You can't make it on tournament winning. So I would just make sure I want people to know if you're pursuing bass fishing, I'm not bashing. I'm not saying don't pursue it. Just realize it is, it looks different than it did 20 years ago where all you had to do was catch bass. Now you got to do that. Um, but you also have to grow your social media and it can be a lot of fun and you can create other ways of, of, of revenue. I mean, you look at guys like Scott Martin's and, and other guys, they got over a half a million followers. My good friends, um, tactical bass and they're not even tournament guys and they have like 600,000 followers and that's what they do for a living is they have a YouTube channel you know tactical bass right. and so there's other avenues to also make there's more avenues to make money in bass fishing outside of just tournaments and sponsors now because you have social media YouTube which you can leverage for sponsors but you can also get paid directly from YouTube and, 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 and ads and advertising and, and
1: whatnot there so you know people really need to, to consider that you know moving forward Yeah, that's so true. I mean, like you said, there's so many different ways now in 2023 to make money. I mean, you know, it's funny you bring that up as a guy hit me up it's earlier in the year last year and it was a young dude. And he's like, we don't have a good tackle store up here. I want to start a tackle store. I'm like, you're crazy. For one thing, I was in retail for a long time growing up, but I said, you're crazy for one thing, but why don't you record the journey of you deciding this tackle store and put it on YouTube or put it on whatever. And, you know, record your journey. Cause people love that. I mean, that's, that's what everybody, you know, we're in it. I mean, you guys see it all the time. I mean, I got one upstairs now watching like reality TV crap. I mean, that's what this is. I mean, people want to see how you got from point A to point B yes. and, and they, they just eat that up. They love it. I mean, it's, you know, it's just what it is now. Right. You, you know, you're right. You know, We've, we've brought that into our lives i mean and like i said you know if you guys who are watching basket radio on youtube i mean this cell phone right here i mean you know it's been good and it's been awful both yeah. of them at the same time i mean it's been good it's been awful but i mean it's but you can rec- you a cell phone and a set of microphones for about 400 dollars, and just a little stand to hold it on yeah you know for 500 dollars, you can record your life it's 4k now people I know it's crazy. It's crazy. You're right. Five hundred dollars. You can get started and a professional audio and then hire a kid to edit your videos. I mean, we all saw that, you know, Phil, we saw saw about in the last couple of years, Brandon Polinek got a cameraman with him everywhere. Great cameraman. Uh, John Cruz did it for a little while a lot of the anglers got into it, this recording, you know, having a cameraman on their boat or recording the fishing or whatever, because they knew that they had to diversify. And just like, you know, if COVID didn't teach you guys how to diversify, then you learn nothing. Yeah. Because I'll tell you one thing. There was, I I was the only tournament right here in central Virginia. We kind of did it a little different. We did it a little crazy, but we, we ran our tournaments, but the podcast show, Thank God for that because that brought content because everybody is sitting at home. We're looking to talk. They're bored. I mean, you know, we can't leave our house wherever you lived or, you know, we're out going hunting, fishing, hiking. We did a lot of hiking, but if COVID did not teach you how to diversify your business, you learned nothing as a business person, to be honest. And that's my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. Um, when thing when tragic things happen in life, whether it's COVID or anything, it, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, the the strong, right, continue on. Right. And the, oh, yeah. And that's part of life. And it can be unfortunate and people complain, but reality is it happened. It's here. This is the way of life. You know, whether it's the cell phone you're talking about, you cannot like it, but this is reality. This is life. This is the way forward. Um, and so you're going to embrace it or you're going to get left behind.
1: All right, we're going to jump off that topic here, man. We're going, we're going to jump into some stuff that's happening pretty dang hard here lately. Uh, I put up a story um, the other day on TheBassCast.com. It's a forward-facing sonar uh, deterring older anglers from retiring. You guys all just saw David Fritz retire. I and saying he's older, nothing like that. But, you know, a lot of the guys would be like, this ain't my jam. And all I'm doing is donating. And we all saw coming up in the Opens. I mean, guys, we just had one of the youngest open fields dominate that I've ever seen in my 12 years of doing this. I mean, you know, these are like 18, 19-year-old kids that are coming off of PlayStation, Xbox, you know, all this stuff. I, I just had a Nintendo, guys, and it was like glorious <laughs> crap, but I, I played it, though. Mm-hmm. I, I, did ha- I did have a Commodore 64, if anybody want to go back that daggone far. But... uh <clears throat> So, yeah, I'm 50. Sorry. But yeah. So, I mean, you know, that was the introduction of the computer for the personal p- brand and you put these little cartridges in it back and it lets you play games and then you could write code and do all the crazy crap you can now. But that was for the home use. They're the first home personal computer. But uh, let's move on. But yeah. So, I mean, is forward facing sonar destroying bass fishing as a whole. I mean, you know, a lot of people are getting tired. You know, it's that's been the the main thing. It's the main thing that has that I'm hearing and Philip can back this up is I'm tired of watching people look down the whole entire time. And that's it. Not every tournament. Now, every tournament's not. You can't use four facing on every day on a tournament. But something and a lot of the tournament trails have started doing it where they're actually, because of technology, I can watch your graph. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only thing is saving it, to be honest. Yes, yes. Is because, I mean, even me, I'm getting bored. I, I want to, you know, I, I saved a meme earlier. I'm ready to go back to old school bass fishing. I mean, I'm ready to see you struggle. That was another thing we learned during COVID. We got to see some boys struggle. We got to see some winter fishing. Got to see some November, October fishing. November symbol yeah. but you know how about just seeing the beauty
0: the beauty of the lake instead of everything screened down on cameras right like yeah it was you know you're looking at the shoreline you're looking at the uh, you know just the beauty of the outdoors and, and so many times now i find myself like man i've barely even seen the lake that i'm on today because i'm looking at a screen and and so i, I do miss that but um uh, you know and, and i agree with you but i'm sorry i cut you off i'll let you finish no right go right for though. it no you're good yeah so I was gonna say, you know, as a tournament angler, um, and I, I try to have an open mind on on everything in life and, and and really look at both sides of everything. I think the reality is, I think we pretty much all probably know it's not going away. Um no. it's not going away. Uh it is the future of bass fishing. Now, will they potentially limit maybe how many grass you could have on your boat? Because now I'm I'm hearing rumors of some guys having you know, seven graphs. on I don't even know how you would do that. And I'm a, I'm a tour guy and I I've got five graphs. I could see maybe one more, which, which would be insane, but I don't even know how that, so maybe they do something like that. I don't know, but here's the, the hard reality is it's not going away. Um, I think, and and this is, you know, I, I feel like for myself, again, I'm 36. Um, I've had the forward facing sonar for four years. Um, I feel like I'm good with it. I'm not phenomenal. I'm not, one of these drew gill kids coming up that's just killing it um but i'm also not somebody who hasn't made money on it so i'm right. kind of in, in the middle ground there i enjoy using it um here, here's what here's the takeaways that i think i've noticed in the last couple of years um and i got it i think i was i was early on with it like i had it a little over four years ago not the earliest by any means but uh it was like the year after where all of a sudden everybody had it and um Mark Daniels is a good friend of mine, and he 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 kind of convinced me when I bought my new boat. It was a huge it was a huge deal. But here's here's some of the takeaways that I've noticed. When I first got it, I was like, man, this is. I mean, it's by far the most powerful piece of technology bass fishing has ever seen to change the game by far. I mean, you've had side imaging and 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 even 360. Those are great pieces of equipment. You have the new mapping right that shows all the contours, which is a big game changer for sure. But um, those things are great. But when you're watching a fish in live time. Um, it's, it's really crazy. And, and even in the four years, the the way guys are accessing and using it now compared to even a couple of years ago. So I remember a couple of years ago when I got it four years ago, you know, I'd go to a, a rock pile or whatever it was, some structure offshore, and you could see, oh, there's fish on it. And then I could watch my lure go down. And, and that was really cool. It was game changing. You could watch the way fish reacted to it. And that was really cool. But I think what's even blowing my mind away right now is a few years later, the, now there's guys in the middle of the lake. And th- this is literally blowing my mind right now. Oh, yeah, 100,
1: 200 feet deep.
0: Yes. So I just talked to my buddies that fish the the, the, the uh, Toyota Series Championship on Table Rock. And I'm hearing the majority of the guys are out in 200 feet of water, um, no contour lines, no n- nothing, just in the middle of the lake, and they're chasing bait balls and they're they're catching fish in you know 10 to 30 feet of water over 200 feet chasing bait those fish are 100 not accessible without forward-facing sonar none because not only are you continually chasing them you have to cast exactly on them because they're moving so fast and right. so it's open the game i think another thing that um and, and that to me i don't even know how i feel about it i'm like that's cool um you know it's 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 it's, it's different but i'll tell you something that really blew my mind away and I hope that um I hope that the bass fishing when it all shakes out I, I forward facing sonar will be the most dominant piece of equipment in our time uh, I don't see that changing. I hope though that you can there'll still be niche opportunities um where you can kind of get away from it but what what really kind of scared me from some guy from somebody that again I'm not against it at all but I, I don't want to see every single tournament won on it I want to see variety for me personally um but when uh I think it was uh uh, it was the elite series at Okeechobee this year and and you're thinking Okeechobee right Okeechobee's a fishery shallow dirty grass oh yeah uh, and I think it was I, I could be wrong here so forgive me I think it was Tyler Rivet I think or was his name he the won name. Rivet yeah he won uh on Okeechobee in a canal on LiveScope mm-hmm. and that to me was was actually kind of scary to me because I'm a I love fish again I'm not bad with with board facing sonar. I've won some money on it uh, i even won a big program on it but when I'm when you're talking about Lake Okeechobee being one on forward facing sonar instead of you know in the grass or up in you know up in the Tuleys or the reeds whatever they call them, that was a little eye opening a little scary for me like man is the entire sport going to go this way? With that being said, and then I'll, I'll I'll let you speak here. That being said, on the opposite side of the spectrum, um, I think there will be niche opportunities. Um, I, I noticed so I fished a BFL I won out here on Gunnersville a month ago. And, the, and I bring it up because the majority of the guys in the top 25 the second day were young guys all live scoping. And I actually didn't have live scope on the bike. I took it off because I was fishing a little bit more old school. And there was opportunity. It's a niche situation, niche time of year, niche situation. But I was able to win doing that. So that was kind of cool. And I was like, OK, now, is that going to continually get overpowered? I don't know. Time will tell. But it would be nice to see it would be nice to see where, and maybe it's up to the, you know, and maybe Brian, maybe it's up to the tournament organizations to mix the lakes that they go to um, that certain places like the California, I know they're not going to go out there, but the California Delta where right, I'm from right. basically does nothing there. It's one of the few fisheries where um, you really, it, it, it does nothing. Uh, it's complete full-blown vegetation. And uh, so maybe they can mix enough in where they keep it just because of the specific fishery they're at. I don't know, though, because the way these guys, these young guys are utilizing it, you know, they just keep blowing my mind how they're utilizing it. So I don't know. It's it's, it's interesting. But well, the one thing that I know is if I don't continue to get better with it, I will get left behind, whether I like it or not, whether that's the way I want it to go or not. And so everybody out there listening, um, you can hate on it or you can love it, but it's not going away to some to some extent. So you, if you're going to be competitive, you better get used to it. And uh, I, I know some people may not want to hear that, but that's the truth.
1: It is the truth, and you know, I'm gonna go back to the business side of it, Philip, because number one, number one, guys, every time you go to a Bassmaster Classic or any big event, probably right after all the boats, the number two sponsor is your electronics. Yep. So for one thing, we're not gonna give away forty, fifty thousand dollars a year in sponsorship. That ain't gonna happen. Um, and then you know, you brought up the thing about mixing up the lakes, and. Guys, if you all know how Bass does it, it's $30,000 to host a BFL. That's coming from a local organization, a Chamber of Commerce, not BFL, I'm sorry, uh, Open. So the Open at Bugs Island this year cost Bugs Island $30,000. And it's to bring tourism, just like any big event, to their (laughs) lake. And it's going to be hard to mix up the lakes because I think it's, what is it, half a million dollars? to bring the lead event to your location. Only so so, many places. <clears throat> there's only so many places they can hold that type of boat that has that type of money and that, you know, that a chamber of commerce, sometimes chambers split it up and that's what happened up here in, uh, you know, Bedford, Virginia, the Smith Mount Lake. I mean, two different chambers broke up the money, 250, 250 and they got nothing for it. I mean, it was, end up, you know, they did it. years in a row and it became a bust and uh it was right when i first started the basscast.com guys and it became a bust for them because you know smith would be good for a bassmaster classic because they could go to roanoke they could go up here to liberty university because we've all seen that they don't mind traveling with fish 45 minutes i mean they'll put fish in a live well and travel with them and then take them back so you know it'd be good lake for that but it's not a lake for tourism there's no hotels mm-hmm. there's airbnbs but a average family coming in to watch weigh-in ain't going stay at airbnb so i mean you know <clears throat> I, it's just gonna be tough and i'm gonna bring it back to this point here we had a john boat series we had a bass boat series are we gonna have to have another series where it's forward-facing sonar and it's your basic electronics you know, a lot, you know, I talked to a guy two months ago who has a kayak series. And, you know, a lot of the kayak anglers guys have put motors and all that crazy stuff on the back of their kayak boats and you know, paddle, you know, it helps them get to spots that a lot of people can't get to. And this series right here went back to basics. It's a paddle. It's wow. it. You bring your paddle and you fish. Wow. So I mean, you know, it's at what point are we gonna have to change where we keep? You know, just going fishing. You know, yeah. getting to that point where, you know, like you said earlier, and you know, it was another topic brought up about boats. I mean, boats, hundred thousand dollars for a boat, people. That is stupid. Crazy. That is that is stupid. They have found out that they can get that much, and you're willing to pay for it. Straight up, there it is, hundred thousand during COVID. You're like, nobody's got any money. Nobody's buying this. Nobody's buying that. Guess what? Dealership down the road said the $30,000 bass boats are still sitting on the showroom floor. And you guys are all still buying at the time. They were still about $65,000, $75,000. You guys are still buying them. So, I mean, as long as you keep buying it, they're going to keep making it. And they're going to keep selling it to you. Until you yeah. say no, until you say no and $100,000 boats sit there, they're like oh crap what are we going to do next something will change but you got to be the change yeah
0: and that's you know and that's and 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 even when you say a hundred thousand brian i mean i mean that's before electronics yeah well i was gonna say now that you know now right now i mean i bought a boat four years ago and i spent right about 100 fully rigged but now that same boat i mean they're like 115 120 now it's great and and you know we are putting more technology on them and and uh, more batteries on them and all this stuff, but um, I, batteries, I, game changers. The one thing that scares me for the sport, not even for me, just for the sport is, you know, bass fishing has always been a blue collar sport, right? Anybody can, for the most part, most people, I mean, you know, when I started, I started in an aluminum boat. Yeah, I was fishing little team tournaments, but I started in a 15 foot Valco with ice chest the, as a live well with the aerator system in it you know and and went out there and fished on the Cal Delta and then I got a little ranger after that and and but you're getting to the point where the 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 one thing and I don't know even know what the solution is but uh most up until about 4 or 5 6 years ago you could go out in a a $20,000 bass boat and compete on a team, you know, a, a team derby and you could be oh, yeah. and and you could compete against a guy in a $70,000 boat and there wasn't a huge advantage of the $70,000 boat over the $20,000 boat. It looked a lot nicer, it was a lot newer. But the problem now is if you don't have the electronics, um, the, 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 the side imaging, the mapping, the forward-facing sonar, and all these things, you actually are at a severe disadvantage. So now the separation, there's more separation between and the boats are more expensive. So now it's like, you know, if you're out there in a $30,000 bass boat trying to compete against a guy in a $100,000 bounce, but it's not the dollar, it's what's in mm. the boat, the mm-hmm. electronic. Where back in the day, before forward-facing Sonar and all that, again, I, I used to compete out of a ninety, uh, a 1992 Ranger, 18-foot Ranger on the Cal Delta with one little graph in a, 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 a 150-horse Yamaha. Yeah, I was going to say probably
1: a 150 on the back of that.
0: Yeah, and I, I fished out of that thing for um, like 14 years. I won pro-ams out of it. I won angler, the, all kinds of stuff. And yeah, my disadvantage was I was going 52 miles an hour, so I was slower than everybody else. But when it came to fishing, those those nicer boats, they there wasn't much that they had an advantage on outside of it was nicer, right? But now that's not the case. If you don't have the technology your competitors do, as on most lakes you are you are at a severe disadvantage. So what does that mean for the sport going forward? If you're if you're in a normal average person who doesn't have 120 thousand dollars to throw at a boat. How do you get into the sport? And and so I, you know, this is just a, a kind of a conversation about the future of the sport and the things that I think of that uh, that somewhat worry me. How does the sport? Is it going to be just a a, a rich man's sport down the road? Where
1: and we're hearing where, that big time, guys.
0: Yeah, because and then on top of it, you throw on the inflation, and that's no one, none of the manufacturer faults. That's you know economic problems. That's another subject. But you have inflation going through the roof. And if you don't have the technology, you you really can't compete now. So either you just buy a boat to go fun fish, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to compete at a high level, the entrance to the game is becoming significantly different than what it was five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, in the cost to enter the game. And I I I, I you know, and how do you just? It's not you know when you're super young. Yeah, there's a couple guys that can pick up the sponsor stuff. But when you're super young. It's hard to just to get sponsored when you're 18 years old. And if you can't afford $120,000 boat to go out in winter. So, you know, there's a lot to think about there. And again, I don't want to be Mr. Negative. That's not the point of it. It's just things to think about in conversations, I think, that need to be had um, if you're looking at jumping in the sport. And, and really, I think what I would tell people more than anything is to think about this stuff so you have a game plan. Just like I told my buddy who's going back on uh, East to fish the Opens, you have the talent level but you better start thinking about the sponsorship side and the social media side and starting to build it, or you yeah. will be left. Behind. So I don't want to be negative. I don't want to deter people from thinking whatever, but I just, there's reality that if you don't think about it, process it and game plan it, you will be left behind. So I'd rather people, if you're younger and you want to pursue it, think about these things and, and how are you going to get over these humps?
1: You know what I like to see Philip? I like to see the old school come back where, you know, he put up, was it Ray Crock, right? Bass. Yes put them all in an airplane. They knew not where they were going. They all landed. The boats were all sitting there waiting for them. They're a little 25 horsepower in the back. <laughs> and They had to go win a championship. Old school. And, and that's old school. I mean, you know, you know, <clears throat> I ain't going to dive too much into um, major league fishing because we know that's been a cabosal is it all. And we could have another whole conversation. But that was something that we were all hoping for from Major League Fishing as well. Cause Major League Fishing, everybody had to have the same boat. You know, it was for different events. And I can't keep up, guys. Major League Fishing's got so much crap now because they got to compete, because they got to have media, they got to have content, they got to have you watching for hours, which you know, they gotta have you watching on YouTube, their channel watching for hours. They got this group, that group, that group. But you know, there was one part of it that if I can't remember, but everybody had the same boat. Same technology, same boat, and that would be so freaking awesome to go back to that day when, you know, I flew you to Smith Mountain Lake. You didn't know where you're going. You had to take the skills, and the forward-facing sonar, like you were saying, Philip, has cut practice time down to, like, you can have a day now. I mean, you really don't need three days. You don't need the three days that you were once getting, and Major League Fishing's doing that next year. Or is it next year or the year after? They're cutting down practice time, cutting down the number of anglers. And you don't have to have that time because, heck, you already know how to fish. You already know what you're supposed to be looking for. And you just run your freaking graphs and run for a day, find you a couple spots, and boom, that's it. I mean, you're done. I mean, boom. I mean, it's no longer that time where I'm not going to say it's not the time put on the water because, you know, that's what we used to say five years ago. You know, you talked about people who won. Okay, he was the person who, you know, people complained at the dock. Ah, I suck. Well, how many days did you come to the lake this week before the big tournament? I didn't come at all. I had to do this, and I had to do that, and I had to do this. That guy was up here twice. His time put on the water. He found the fish with what little bit of graphs we had back then. And he won the derby. You ain't got to do much of that now anymore, as long as you can play the game, play the electronics game. You already got the one-up advantage right there on top of, you know. So, I mean, you think about that. If you're not the type of guy that's got all the time you want to invest on Smith Mountain Lake, you know, invest, you know, then buy you know, buy you a $4,000 unit, shows you where the fishies are. I mean, you know, it's it's crazy, <laughs> but, I mean, it really is. It helps you cut down on the time that you were once practicing. I mean, you still need to put some time on the water, guys. Don't, please, do not ever see. I'm not ever saying that, but I mean, it's helping. A, it's helping a whole lot.
0: It is. It is. It is speeding everything up, as you're saying. It's speeding everything up. I mean, now it's kind of crazy sometimes, right? You drop the troll motor, and if you don't see a fish on your live scope, you don't even cast. No. I, I do miss. I, I will say I miss the mystery of casting on a piece of structure and feeling that structure and anticipating a bite, but having no clue. Where now... You drop the trolling motor and you have your rod in your hand, and you look around and go, "Oh, nobody's there." Don't make a cast. And again, it's the way the sport's going. So as much sometimes as is, I miss the old school. I miss the 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 natural aspect, the the search, the, the more of a searching, you know, uh,
1: just really trial and
0: error. Much more I, I miss, that, but
1: i ain't gonna cut you off but christmas is right around the corner guys i mean it'd be like taking your christmas presents and run them through the damn x-ray machine i mean there it is i mean that's what you're doing i mean you know you used to be a little kid and you're shaking like i don't know what i'm getting for christmas and now you know we just run it all through the x-ray machine and now we're seeing it on the bottom of you know forward-facing sonar
0: so it you know but like i keep saying to myself too uh it's not going away so no is the the parts of it that i don't like i to learn and I would encourage people you have to learn and it's hard to let go if you want to continue the game uh competing at the tournament level and if not now maybe like you said it would be cool it would be cool I don't know if it's going to happen or not but it would be cool to see a tournament organization who threw in a bunch of curveballs like what you're saying maybe you know you all get the same boat and they do that and, 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 you know, they all have the same electronics or or maybe there's a tournament here or there where they're not allowed to use electronics or and just to mix it up. Will that ever happen? I don't know. Um, again, they're not going away permanently. I can promise everybody that I that that's not happening. But, um, you know, and, and some people talk about, well, maybe a circuit will start up. that will be no electronics. will be a certain circuit. I just don't think that's the way of the future. No. Old timers would like it. Um, yeah, they would They would probably get some boats, but I, I don't think that's the way of the future. And so you have to figure out and the leagues have to figure out how do we embrace it? How do we make it fun? How do we make it not boring to watch and uh, throw some curveballs in there? And, um, you know, so we'll see what the leagues decide to do in regards to that. Um, you know, do they limit how many graphs you can have on your boat uh, eventually? Uh, because like I said, I'm, I'm hearing rumors now, some guys talking about seven drafts or more. I, I don't even know how you would do that. I have no, and I hope if, for my sake, I, I'm not a big technology guy. I know how to use it, but oh, that's, just,
1: um, I, so, I, I don't, you know, that that's, that's crazy. I mean, you know, I, I like limiting the graft. You pick one graft and you go with it. I mean, you know, you know, Cruz, I didn't mean to cut you off, but Cruz brought it up a couple you know, about a year ago. John Cruz, who's our local professional angler right here in Central Virginia, great friend of the BassCast. You know, he actually cut his contract with Lowrance because he wanted to run three different graphs. Well, a bunch of guys did that, right? And a bunch really? of guys did that. And yeah, I was going to say a bunch of the guys did it because, yeah. you know, you're going to pay me $4,000 and I got a chance to win $500,000. Well, yeah, and now you got, you
0: know, like when I, when I put my boat together four years ago, I wanted 360 right and i also yeah. wanted and at the time and you know i'm not sponsored by any electronics but i feel like garmin's led the way when it comes to forward-facing sonar but then hummingbirds has really good uh you know mapping and, and the contours yes. and all. so so you know i i mean i didn't do three i did two i have four hummingbirds and one garmin but on my on my rig but um and i know justin lucas is a great friend of mine and i know he did that a couple years ago too he broke away and he was running i i if he was running two or three but you know he has 360 because 360 is a powerful tool. And and to my knowledge, only Hummingbird has one, or at least uh, that's the one I'm familiar with. And then uh, you know, he picks his whatever he feels is the best forward-facing, but then you're mapping side imaging. Some people like, you know, one side imaging over the other. So now you got the mix and match game going on. Um, it's just crazy, man. It, it's a crazy time uh in the sport with the world, the economy, like we're talking about, the electronics. Um, but I would encourage people, man. Go out there regardless, because if you just want to go bass fishing, um, sometimes I like to go bass fishing. I, I enjoyed in the fall. I didn't have, uh, actually, I did have some team tournaments, but for the most part, I enjoyed it. I took my graphs off my boat and I said, I want to go old school fishing. I want to look at the bank. I want to look at the cover. I want to, you know, pull out some grass baits and some top waters and flipping. And and I enjoy yeah. still go do that. You know, I think what we're talking about is more when it comes to if you're going to pursue it at the tournament level. If you're, if you're just a guy who likes to go out and bass fish, um, this really doesn't. You know, you don't if you don't want to invest in the graphs and you just want to go have fun on the weekends, obviously that doesn't change the game. But um, you know, if, if you if you do want to turn tournaments, I think the, the there's no question you better get it and you better get good with it. And uh and you gotta learn it. And um, so that's that's where we are in 2024 going into 2024.
1: We're gonna wrap it up right here, everyone. Uh like I said, you know, it was a great conversation, me and Philip uh but you know electronics the uh future of the sport uh let's do this again man it's very cool because there's there's so much happening right now in the world of bass fishing we'll pick another topic and we'll talk about that as well uh guys make sure you head on over and um christian angler podcast uh make sure you give it a follow and a like um right. philip what's the Let's wrap it up with this a little bit right here. What's the plan with the podcast, man? You know, you're, you're a tournament angler. You're extremely busy. But uh, what's your ultimate goal? You know, not necessarily the show topics itself, but are you going to be putting out more episodes, go to a weekly show, monthly? How are you looking at, you know, yeah, going you. forward? As of,
0: yeah, as of right now, the goal has been uh, every other week. Um so every two weeks, I would like to release the episode. We try, we're trying to do that. We we're really good on that. And then I had to go to California and, t- and uh, I was there for a month. So we're a little behind. But every two weeks, we're we're trying to be diligent on releasing an episode. The goal of the podcast is definitely probably a little bit different. You probably haven't heard this from most people. As long as I'm impacting people and and giving hope, um in, in the responses that we're getting, that's what at the end of the day. Um, yeah, you know, maybe it helps me with in in my pursuit of bass fishing with sponsors and all that, that could be great, but that's not actually why I'm doing it. I'm doing it to give hope to help people out. Like I said, people are going through terrible times and a lot of people kind of cover it up. But when the more closer I get to people, the more I I hear the stories. And as we've done the podcast, I get the messages and, um, you know, so I want to give people hope and, uh, I know what changed my life. And so as a Christian, um, I want to share that with everybody because it changed my life and it, 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 it gave me hope, it gave me a new perspective, it gave me joy and I want to share that with people because I love people and uh, and we're in crazy times man. I mean the times, everybody knows that doesn't matter politically, the world is in chaos, everything is just crazy right now. People are looking, people are searching, people are depressed. Sui- one of the things that has really bothered me, suicide rates are at record highs and they're only getting more and more kids, older yes. people um and again i i hear these stories even in the seven podcasts we've done i heard people talking that message that that messaged me that i don't even know never met them that were suicidal and they listened to the podcast that encouraged them i got to talk to them and um that's so so, cool so and you know and i'll and i'll and i'll just take this one step further i would encourage anybody listening to the podcast whether you're a, a faith or not when you go out fishing man um I try to love on people, encourage people, make it a, have a good time. Especially, you know, bass fishing. I, I'm sure for most people that are bass fishing, it's a hobby. It's something we all love to do, right? We get out in the outdoors. I think most people all make the comments over time, like, man, you're in the outdoors. You're in this beautiful. It's peaceful. You got animals. You got trees. It's peaceful, and um, and there's something special about that. And we all connect in the joy and the love of that. So when you get out on the boat, um, I would just tell people, man, if you take people with you, um, show them the great sport of bass fishing. And uh, try to get to know people mm-hmm. because um, people are going through some stuff and sometimes people just need to open up and talk. And and there's no better place. I found than on a bass boat uh, for almost 20 years. I've been fishing tournaments. And I'm telling you, nine out of 10 times when I actually ask people and just talk to people and get to know people. Uh, it blows my mind away what some people are going through and they need to talk to somebody because, uh, listen, again, whether even you're religious or not, man, nobody wants to see our world fall apart. Nobody wants to see people killing themselves and getting devastated. So um, so that's the goal of my podcast, man. And I appreciate you asking that, um, is to, to give hope, to encourage people. And then obviously on the fishing side, man, we love to go deep. I love that on the fishing side of it, I've always loved to, to have what I call like um, in the garage conversations. And when I say in the garage, is because when I was growing up and still to this day, my mentors back in California, um, some of the greatest fishermen in the country, um, and some in the hall of fame guys like invented flipping like D Thomas or the, the frog guys like Bobby Barrick, um, mm-hmm. or those guys I've been able and fortunate to be in their garage and, and sit there and talk for hours and hours and hours. And so I like to, I always said like, I want to have a podcast where when I do have people on, or even if it's just myself talking about a subject, I want it to be where somebody is like, like a fly on the wall, listening to two people talk about a subject in depth, unfiltered, um you know it's not necessarily an interview it's more of like hey these two guys are talking about how to get better cranking or flipping or this or that right. and they're going in depth and it's just two guys trying to pre- almost like two team partners who are getting you know who are who are trying to perfect every day what can we do better where do we mess up here how do we perfect this and so um i know it sounds like people aren't enjoying it i love doing it um i got a lot of guests lined up um, that that will be on the show um and so we'll, we'll have a lot of the episodes are or, or just myself and then a lot of the episodes we have a guest on we had our first guest on like i said our last episode was randy Howe. that was a phenomenal episode but that's that's our goal um and real quick uh how about you uh in, in moving forward for you brian
1: yeah man um uh, you know you guys know we uh we've we've been changing it up a lot this year uh me and geek had our first show like a couple of weeks ago where we just did a discussion kind of like what we're doing here now so i mean we're you know We're trying to find what sticks, what you guys are wanting and what you guys are wanting to listen to. Uh, We are going to continue with our guest. And uh, we we here at the BassCast.com, we'll talk to anybody about bass fishing. You know, whether you make electronics, whether you make lures, uh, whether you're a writer, um, just like we had on last week with Mark uh, with Bass Angler Magazine. So, I mean, you know, we just love talking about bass fishing. And, you know, like I said, the mentality of bass fishing and not getting spun out as you know on the tournaments and you know we brought that up a little while ago about all his graphs, philip i mean you know i I talked to a local angler and you know what he said he said i looked at my graph all day long before i knew it my eight hours was done and i had two fish in a live well wow i mean you know and that's probably one of the reasons why i decided to change the whole entire show guys because now we're you know We're spending so much time looking at that graph that, you know, you know, we're not putting back, you're going to have to mix it up. Yeah, really are going to have to mix it up. And, you know, that's, that's what it's going to take in 2024, 25 and going forward. I mean, you know, you think about it, how much better can these stupid things get? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, and when are we going to stop it? I know. that's. It is a little scary to think about that. That's the scary part. I mean, you know, we got AI coming around right now. I mean, we're artificial intelligence. Anybody want to know what that is? I mean, it's all we're doing.
0: Yes. That that is actually scary because where it's at now is obviously changed the entire game. But if it can progress, which it will, technology never goes backwards. No. is it going to tell you that's a seven and a quarter pound large swimming right there? I mean, that's to the point where that wouldn't even be fun anymore to me personally. But yes, I, and I will say this. I want to say two things before we get off. One is um, there is always opportunity. And you look at a guy like John Cox, right? And he's kind of bucked the trend, uh, stayed, on, stayed on the bank um, and, and, and just said, hey, I'm going to basically do no graphs and I'm going to fish for fish now that are getting unpressured. So there's always that angle, too. He's been very successful with it um obviously he's one of the best anglers in the country uh and, and um so there's that and then the second i did want to say and comment on your podcast i, I love Brian, the the thought and what you said earlier about how you're getting into the mindset that's something that i know i would love to listen to and just to separate yourself the mindset of what's going on in the mind because most podcasts not this is a knock on any podcast but they just yeah. talk about the progressions that somebody went through to win the tournament but what we talked about in the beginning is, you know, 70 to 80% of bass fishing is, is mental, right. It's in your head. So I, I love the idea. I look forward to hearing, um, with you moving forward on that, you know, talking about, I want to get minds and understand right. what's going on in your head. That's that to me is way more fascinating than just hearing, you know, the guy going through the progressions of I hit a point and then I hit a log and then this, that, and the other. But so I think that will be, I think that will be great.
1: All right, guys. Make sure you head on over, um, check out, um, Phillips, uh, Philip. Plug your social media real quick for rolling uh, so, out of here, man.
0: Yeah, so the podcast you can find us on all the major platforms. It's Christian Angler's Media. Uh, my Instagram is Dutra Fishing. You can follow me on Facebook as well, Philip Dutra. Uh, those are that's really how those are the three things that I'm utilizing right now on social media. Uh, eventually, we'll probably have a YouTube channel up, but right now we're trying to get the podcast going fluently and everything good there. Um, so yeah, it's Christian Anglers Media. You can find it on you know Apple, Spotify, Google, all the major podcasts. So thank you for that. And how about yourself, Brian?
1: Yeah, guys, don't forget, uh, we drop a show each and every week. Thursday afternoons, we drop a show here. Uh, that's been my goal. Um, and you guys have probably seen uh, this year in the last, I guess, say last month um, before the first cast. It's our new podcast show we started. Um, and I would like to start doing more with that. So that's that's something new. And like I said, everyone is always evolving. And that's something we're evolving with here. It's a 15-minute show. Uh, something that you can listen to on the way to the lake most of our shows are about an hour or less and that's the way i like to keep it i get yelled at if it goes longer than an hour just saying that but um an hour you know 15 minutes or less and um if you like to be a part of before the first cast and you have a great story that you like to tell just you know media at the basscast.com but you can find us on all you know all of twitter tiktok instagram um uh, you guys know all facebook everywhere else basscast.com and on facebook and twitter there on facebook and twitter there's a page for the show called basscast radio so appreciate you guys all listening today i hope you guys enjoyed this episode with me and philip just having a general conversation about the sport of bass fishing that's it for me man thanks for having me it it was good catching up with you have a great week everyone and we'll talk to you guys next week